Oh, Scythe. Like, ah. Am I going to describe how you play Scythe? Or am I going to say why I love Scythe and why it is where it is? Or like some, and that's, uh, that's kind of what I'm I mean. I'm not going to be talking about Scythe for a while. Sure, but I'm just <laughs> saying in general, right? Because um, I maybe I like, that's that, that's a game that for sure will be on people's list. But like, I think for most of these, I'll probably just mention like either something I love about it or. It is funny because like I think we should obviously talk about the the earlier ones or the the higher ones more, but I think this this list might be the longest one because I think we're gonna have the most. Uh, yeah, not overlap with this gonna one. Have, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna guess we have zero overlap on 50 through 41. I really? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Any I don't know. I don't it know. might be one. I'll say maybe one between yeah. two people, and that'll be it. And it, I say, I say maybe two on, on mine. Could be on yours. I say in my in my 50 to 41, there's two that I'm pretty sure are on both of your lists somewhere. No, are on at least one of your lists somewhere. I think I have a couple on your guys' list. I have six um, oh. that Bent hasn't played on my first list. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I don't have any overlap with you. I don't have any. This is The Bus. You're listening to Drop the Dice. All right, well, let's get to it. What's up, everybody? This is Benz from www.dropthedice.com, and we are back with a cardboard proper podcast. I know you guys have been enjoying the cocktails, and you guys have been enjoying the the flashbacks to Gen Con 2019 uh, as much as we have, Um, but today we're here, and we're going to talk about our top 50 games of all time, and I got my best friends with me. I got my trusty cohort, my flyover state correspondent, and my head of R&D. Mr. Rico Wasman, what's going on, bud? Hey, love the new intro. Very apropos. Uh, next, we got the newest member of the Drop the Dice team, which again is a very, very misnomer by this point. Guy who's always got a baby in his hand, <laughs> the man on the street. We got Alfie. Cheers. What's going on, everybody? We actually have like a whole second version of Drop the Dice. Yeah, two point that came after you. So like, yeah, yeah. two point So like, well, you are very much not also, I'm, the newest member. I'm of the, the team. third member, and then we had two more members of one that were after me as well. So <laughs> I'm really like I'm one of the founding fathers at this point. Yeah, it's just I, I just say it because I just think it kind of sounds funny and it charming. Is, it is kind of um, funny and charming. All right, so in proper fashion, let's do something really, really quick. What have you guys been playing? Just name one game that you guys have played recently, just so we could do some old timey shit. Hmm. I played. Rico, you finished shitload. I played so much. <laughs> My little brother was here for like two months, and I just was able to make him do whatever I wanted to at all times. And that, uh, for, nice. the lar- for a large part, it included playing a lot of board games. So we actually played three legacy games. Wow. Uh, wow. Name one. Name one. Name one. Uh, My City. Nice. Okay. How was that? Kinesia, right? Uh, it's great. It's so great. I mean, it's like whimsical and just charming and addictive. Each game is 20 minutes long, and you just don't want to stop at one. You're like, oh, it's 20 minutes. Let's play one. But then it ends. You're like, yeah, I mean, it's obviously we got to do like two more. Oh, yeah. So, uh, in proper fashion, I saw the I saw the SUSD video for this, and I immediately was like, I need to buy this game as soon as I can. They're like 15-minute yeah. games, aren't it, they, each one? Yeah. They're like supposed to be kind mm-hmm. of played in like groups or whatever lots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so real quick, who won that legacy game? I did. Nice. But it was pretty close. 
okay, I'll go. Uh, since you're talking about your little brother, uh, whose first initials start with my kids as well, we played Riley's first Euro, Ray Colt. Unless you call Colt a Euro, a Euro. Yeah. Ray Colt was probably closer to the, one of the more complicated games that he's ever played. Um, and the boy did great. Uh, Ray Colt has a similar Gates of Lawyer Yang mechanism where you have to buy your points, essentially, going around the track. But other than that, that's where the the, the similarities start and stop. Um, to this day, I still stand by the fact that I needed your fucking pumpkin, so don't be upset about that still. <laughs> but but Ray Colt is super similar. Very stripped down. You, just, you have three guys. You go out, and you try to get these greenhouses plant farms and harvest and it's it's tight because you literally have three workers and you never get more and you never get less and and you're just struggling to get the best most efficient way possible to then buy those spots to go i thought it was a lot of fun very simple in terms of uve rosenberg very lightweight nice it i think it has a lot of replayability because it's so simple but you know it's not gonna i don't think it's gonna hit anybody's top whatever lists ever but it's a lot of fun I would love to re-examine our, our Uve list, our Uve's Uber oh, up because that's what uh, me and Alfie were discussing this while we were waiting for you to finish your list of like we should do a recap of the very first episode. Right. Now that we've all played a bunch of Uve's games. Well, b- before I forget and don't even remember in time for the for the for that actual episode, but I feel like he has evolved a lot of his mechanisms and you can see him adding a bunch of ideas, <laughs> like culminations of those ideas into right. something like Feast for yeah. But then something like Rayholt is is like almost the same game as it was in Loyang, but it's like it's like this just real gentle fine tuning. Oh yeah. Fjord is kind of that way as well. So he's like kind of branching there where he's trying these new bold ideas or throwing lots in a box or however you want to define it. And then on the other end of the spectrum, it's like the same design that he's just like just gently tweaking. Yeah, and then you have like Hallertau, which is him reannouncing his like freaking dominance on the board game universe yeah like yeah. another big heavy not heavy maybe isn't the right word but another like big game with a lot of stuff to do you know which is yeah. cool it's it, it's kind of like you said rico i think what's so interesting is that he does it's like you can see almost a common like it's like a tree like his games are basically a tree and like you have these little branches that creep off and then little branches that go off those ones but it's all comes back to like this main root that he has you know Ah, root. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, Alfie, what have you been playing? Uh, man, I, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And then I, I, just the other day, I played Bottom of the Ninth for the first time. Oh yeah, you were talking about that. How yeah. is that, man? By yeah. Dice Amy. Yeah, I got a few games in that. It's fiddly. I don't know if it works, be- only because I feel like it's trying to create this tension. Right, the whole idea is it's bottom of the ninth inning. Scores tied. You got a runner and you got a pitcher, and you know you're trying to face off with each other. And they're trying to create these tense moments. Like literally, one phase is called the face off, where you both flip these discs, saying whether it's going to be inside or outside. And then um, I don't even know what the other one is. You're trying to anticipate the pitch. Yeah, you're basically trying to, and you're trying to match each other. And based on there's a white disc and a red disc, and based on uh, the batter matching the pitcher, like. You, if the batter matches the pitcher, he gets those discs, and if he gets those discs, certain abilities now apply. 
And so then you roll your dice, but you have to, now that these abilities apply, you now have to, like, modify them in your head or whatever. And in the directions, it even says, like, if, you know, you have contact on the hit based on the dice, what the dice roll on each side, if you have contact, immediately go to, like, a roll-off where you're trying to get a five or a six, like, tensy or something. But the problem is you're, like, sitting there and it's like, okay, so you get plus one or minus one for your control, which would make it, uh, okay, so, so you need a four, five, or six. All right, but then do I have anything? And so it's, I feel like there's too many the, these little abilities, and each batter and each pitcher have a different one. So as soon as, you know, my first batter gets out, my second batter comes up, I have a new ability I need to learn or whatever. And we only played it a few times, and maybe as time goes on, it gets a little uh, easier. But I just feel like it's trying to create this big, tense moment where you're facing down, and then you hit, and then you're racing, and it... It, I feel like it's just I'm spending too much time trying to be like, okay, wait, is that contact? What what do you have to get to get a contact? And I, I don't know. That was that was a little um, tough as far I, as it didn't flow well. I don't think. Rico, I know you came, played this before though, right? Yeah, I've played it many times. I had a period in time where I just like toted it around in my backpack all the time. Played it at work with strangers and like, you know, just all sorts of random random people I could coerce into playing it with me. Um, but then the expansion came, the clubhouse expansion, and added gear and these peanut tokens, and that right there was the tipping point where I was like, I can't. <laughs> Diddling this together to like yeah. remember, yeah, exactly how my power is gonna, you know, counteract yours and and yeah, vice so it's not a level ninety nine game, so like yeah, cut it out. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right, so let's talk about uh, how we made our top 50. Um, Alfie, since you're already going, why don't we start with you? How, what kind of – how did you figure this out? I, I don't know if I'm the best person to go first because my, my, like, analysis went pretty in-depth. First, I started I just, like, made a list and then kind of whittled it down from there to 50. And then I wasn't happy with that, and so I kept tweaking and kept tweaking – and I finally decided to, I found myself too often trying to, like, position games, be like, well, I want this to be my number 50. And then I want this <laughs> to be my 49, and I don't want two light games right next to each other, or I don't want two oh, that's crazy, train dude. games right next to each other. And I, and I found myself, like, like, really trying to, like, basically, like, curate this list, like, to a T. And I was like, okay, I just got to throw that out. <laughs> and so I came up with <clears throat> six factors. And I went and I ranked each game, each of the 50 games, based on each of these factors, then averaged the score between each game and came up with my list. And That's, that's amazing. That's what I got now. The, the things, and I'll let you know, the things that I took into account was depth of gameplay. So, like, how sure. much is there to explore here? The smoothness yeah. of the gameplay. Not just, like, is it light, but, like, does it flow well, right? Okay. The experience that the game creates. Not the experience I've had playing the game because that might be things totally outside the game's control, right? Like when we go to Gen Con, that was a blast. But are the games good because I was at Gen Con or are they good games so they create a really cool experience? Then right. enjoyment factor, which is just how much I like playing the game, how much I want to play it right now. And then my list I had is the last one because I felt like that was probably the like most where I was like, okay, I like, I like these games here. And so I threw that in as well. And... I came up with uh, an order of 50 games. All right. Um, nice. Wow. So uh, I use the app that you told me to use. Yeah. Uh, which I always forget the name of, but essentially it, it's it like you ranked me load up. 
or something. Yeah, you like load up your your game library, and then I went through uh, Rico's list of games that he owned and added stuff that I've played but don't own onto it, and then just sat there for like three hours <laughs> hitting this game, this game, which I did not think it would take so long. Um, then it kind of shoots out this list, and uh, there was a couple of weird things that that it that it did. Um, so I kind of went through and curated a little bit more of like, nah, this this shouldn't be here, this shouldn't be here, and this really needs to be here, this really needs to be here. A couple of things right off the bat, it somehow had Dune Imperium at eleven, which I wow. spoiler kicked kicked it out of the top fifty. Um, <laughs> not that it doesn't deserve to be there, but just I was like, no, 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 just it can't be at eleven, and I wasn't even gonna bother with figuring where in the top fifty it would go if it would go in there at all. Uh, the other thing is I, uh, in proper fashion, eliminated Magic the Gathering and now also eliminated Game of Thrones, the card game. Hmm. Well, with with that, I will say real quick, yeah, I, I didn't add any competitive games at all. Like, if it's a if it's a game that is, like... like oh, like are you kidding? Every game that I have is competitive. By competitive, I, don't think I, I, mean, I mean, like... I think a, I have one co-op organized, on here. In a game that has organized <laughs> play. So, yeah. It's yeah, not no, yeah. So, uh... Game or anything like that. I mean, Magic and Game of Thrones would be the number one and two, probably, but or maybe not. I don't know, but they're they're not in the list, so it doesn't matter. When when you were when you were ranking your games and you were kind of choosing between the two, what was like, what made you choose one game over another? Um, similar to to what you did, I I've been going this year, so twenty twenty especially. I if you guys listen to the movie uh, podcast episode we did, this was way more about favorite mm-hmm. than like best, if that makes sense, right. And a lot of times those things overlap, and obviously, like, sure. like I like things that are really good. Right. Um, but so much of this one was way more experiential, both personal and, uh, like, com- communal. So, like, experiences that I've had playing this game with you guys or whoever, mm-hmm. and experiences that I've just had that this game creates. Like, like oh, man, like, I get to use really cool mechs and, and farm and, and go attack Tesla, uh, for example, of a game that might be on my top 50. <laughs> All right, Rico, how'd you make your list? Well, I've played a lot of other people's games <laughs> throughout the years. I've done a really <laughs> shoddy job of tracking it all. Um, I just, like, either don't remember to pull my phone out or don't like to do it. You know, oh, I don't do it either. Oh, real quick, yeah. luckily, this year, Dolby has taken it upon himself to record every game that we play at Drop the Dice. Nice. Good for him. Amazing. Does he record the scores as well? Yes, yeah. Wow. Yeah, see, that's cool if someone does it and you always play with that person. Right. Um, All right, so go ahead. Yeah, I've never had that. And I've done, like, various things where I, like, I wrote it down on paper one year. I did use an app one year. So I've done various things. It's in in all sorts of disrepair. Uh, So I found the top 5,000 board game currently on BGG, and I just used that. Um, I'm sure there are more games that I've played outside of the top 5,000, but that's as far as I went in the list. And I went through those, and then that was the part that took the longest, which is scrolling through five thousand games. And then right. some of them have like these really generic names, you know. It's like uh, I don't know how many times I can read like monster or dungeon or you know maybe some like combination <laughs> European sounding name, and I'm like I don't know what this is. I have to like look it up, and then even then I'm like I don't know. That kind of looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I did that for a while. Um, after that, it was it was pretty quick. So I whittled that down. I think there was like seven hundred ish games that I had played out of that top five thousand. And then, um, so I just put an X, you know, next to all the ones that I played. 
And then I did another pass, which was like, do I think this is ranked high, medium, or low? And I did that. And then I sorted them by that um, designation. And then I gave them basically just a gut feeling. And uh, I didn't really have to tweak it very much after after I went through that. Nice. Wow. So going, right. through, going through my 700, um, the games that I wanted to like rank, I think at first pass, I only hit like 80. Okay. So I only had to whittle down from not like bad. to my 50. It was That's not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, okay, so last question before we start, guys. Um, Alfie, I asked you this earlier. I, I don't remember if it's going to be on the recording or not. Um, how many games from 20? You you have two games that, that are unreleased? I have, I have two games that are unreleased. <laughs> uh, Rico, how many games from 2021 do you have on your list? None. And I think I have none as well, but it will, uh, Alfie, you can call me out on this as we get to it. Oh, I won't I won't know. Uh, I don't really pay attention. Yeah, you much. will. I mean, like, like a, a spoiler, right? Is like we all got Sleeping Gods in at the same time, and part of me was like, "Oh my gosh, I gotta play Sleeping yeah. Gods right now, so I can figure out if it's gonna go on my top 50. And and I didn't, I haven't played it yet, but I also got to the realization that was just like, you know, I have a good representation of what Sleeping Gods is gonna be like. Yeah, and I, I just don't think it would be fair to any of the other games um or its predecessors to like just throw it on the list because it's like newer and hotter and maybe better but you know what i mean like i'm, I'm comfortable sure. keeping what i have for sure and it's it like is. we'll do this again and it'll be on there that time you know and that's, yeah, that's the yeah, other yeah. thing i thought of like I, I ideally like so guys i don't know if you know this but we've been podcasting for six years that's amazing I, I logged into our apple profile the other day and like dropped the dice six years currently active and I was like, are you kidding? Um, so, but again, ideally we'll keep doing this. And yeah, that's what I thought. Like, you know what? Import, export. It'll be on the next list. Uh, uh, Bloodborne, the dungeon crawler, most likely be on the next list. But, you know, maybe it doesn't make it to this one. Hallertal, probably be on the next list. Right. I, right. I also had some Spoilers, games. by the way, for I, games I, I, not I, making it to my list. I had some games like Hallertal or other ones um, that I'll, we'll probably talk about on another podcast when we talk about what, what we've been playing. But, like, games that not even if they're just new, but, like... That I had a play of, and I was like, "Well, this is really cool." But like, I'd like to see more of what this has to offer. Did I have one good experience with it, and does that make yeah. a game good? Now, spoiler alert: I have two games on here that I only have one play of. Oh, I, I like we talked about. I think but I have plenty on here that I, I only have one feel play of. Like one of them, I'll probably never play again, and it has to be on this list because we had an entire podcast about it, and I love it. But you know, <laughs> we'll, 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 see, oh we'll see what that is. Uh, sweet. Um. I think that's it. So this episode today, guys, is going to be uh, 50 through 41. We're going to break this up into top into tens. So we'll get through this. Hopefully you guys enjoy uh, and it won't be too long. Let's we're, go ahead. Uh, Rico, let's start. With you. I was just going to say, we're going to try to keep each 10 to about an hour between the three of us. Yeah. Yeah, ideally. And, and those of you who listen know that that is a big ask of us. Yeah, so it'll here probably we go. be three hours for the top 10, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Rico, what is your number 50? All right. Just to... I guess give a spoiler for my 40 through 50 or 41 through 50. They're all like kind of on the lighter spectrum. Okay, um, cool. And I feel like it's representative of like how much I like them. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay, here we go. Number 50 is Witness. Okay, oh, sick. I love nice. it. I love it. I'm a huge fan of Witness. I have played Witness with... I don't know, probably a dozen different groups, which that is, you know, yeah, just three different us. unique people with all those. <laughs> yeah. Wait, were you not there when we played Witness? No. Oh, oh, you guys have all played this except me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
uh, he, Rico brought it back one Christmas. You, I know you were around. You must not have come that night. I wasn't yeah. there. I, I, yeah. I want to play this. It must have been that because it, it, it was so badly for so long. Oh, it, like every description of it. No, it's super out of print. Uh, much like her copy of Madeira. <laughs> not anymore. Dude, uh, dude uh, you're getting the updates. Like, like it's the thing ain't coming. That's true. <laughs> um, witness, solid choice. What uh, kind of a mystery game? That all, all of the descriptions apply. The it, it boils down to okay. So what, what, what you really didn't know is he was wearing blue. Wait, no, no pink. Okay, and he's on the corner. Is it Bye. is it easy? Is it easy to like solve this stuff or no? Mm, I um, think we played an easy one and we fucked it up. Yeah, I've I've had hit or miss. Um, I feel like my group back in Connecticut they were pretty pretty good. Okay. But did they take it way more seriously than we did? Yeah, they did take it a lot more seriously. <laughs> and was there a lot less alcohol like, involved? Yeah, but no, no, no. But that, that actually, that part doesn't doesn't factor into because I've played it with my folks and I've played it with other groups, you know, that haven't um, had any drinking at all. And uh, I just think that they're like gamers and really invested and wanted to win. And so we, we generally did pretty well, which was fun because I would say in a lot of other uh, scenarios, I have completely failed. But oh, my yeah. best description of it is is it's a logic puzzle um and i always think of those ones that are the little the little grids right and they have things that stick up up, up and on the side and it gives you the clue and you have to x things out or whatever it's like a logic puzzle plus the game of telephone oh, yeah. so you can't you can't write anything down that's the craziest part is yeah as the it's a bit more complicated you're having to store large amounts of information and and and, and it's very um lots of like similes and lots of uh alliterations right like perpetuate the cases so you'll have like colors right and it's like okay i have to remember that john james uh you know jonathan and whatever <laughs> were wearing pink blue light green or turquoise you oh, know and, so and like keeping keeping all of that straight for four rounds is so hard and it's, it's awesome yeah, I remember the one we did. Um, we actually got it right, except for one of us, I think. And it was you had to. It came down to remembering guards' schedules, and like yeah. one guard was like, "Oh, he took his fifty-minute break at at ten p.m." But this other guard took his their break at whatever p.m. And you had to figure out the right guard. Yeah. Um, all right, Alfie, you're number fifty. Uh, my number fifty is Founders of Gloomhaven. We played about <laughs> half a game of, and then I, I played it solo a couple times. But I think I. No, nobody in the world likes this game, and I'm not sure why. Because I think the yeah, like, I don't know why either. The, the, I fucking the love trickle this down points or whatever. I think is like an incredibly cool mechanism, you know, where you have these three levels of buildings: basic buildings, intermediate buildings, and then like advanced buildings. And the intermediate buildings need two of the basics. And then when you build it, points go to the person who built it, and then the people who supplied the basic buildings. And then when you go to that advanced building, it needs basic and tier two buildings and then the points just go down to the you know down to the basic then down to the the intermediate and then the intermediate points go to the intermediate person building and then some of those points go to the basic that supplied the intermediate building and i i just think that's so cool it's there's not much as far as like it's just the like a hand management kind of you're like choosing you know an action card from your hand to uh commit one of the you know five or six actions you can do plus the advisors that add stuff and but it's just um, it, it's it's a bit of a race to like get these prestige buildings and yes. different things, and I think I think that combined with 
the points trickling down through the buildings. I think it's just really cool and, and really fun. Uh, I love the race part of it. I love how it ramps, how at the start of the, the game, you have no idea how you're going to kind of get to these crazy buildings. Right. But then once you do, each turn is massive. And like, it, you feel that, that tension of like, fuck, if I don't get that building, Alfie's going to get that building and I'm going to get three points instead of 20 points. Um, I love the cards that you can draft to get better actions. Mm-hmm. Um, Childress seems to really know how to use cards in very intelligent and innovative innovative ways. Yes. My number 56, by the way. Nice. 56, yeah. Just just missed it. Love that. Uh, all right, so my number 50 was the first game that I ever bought. City Remnants? Love, no, Love Letter. Mm. All right. So, uh, so uh, Love Letter... First game I ever bought, arguably responsible for the like mini game craze that took over right around the time we started playing games. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's still a thing as much anymore. Oink, but oink, I think Oink games are still pretty hot, right? They're still really yeah, yeah. Like, I guess yeah, that, that's still doing like in, like Insiders and pretty big. Bunch has uh, got some, but it does seem like some of the games are kind of hits, and then other ones people seem to think are pretty terrible. Um. Love Letter got so big and it spawned all these different iterations. I remember going to Christmas um, at the family's one time and Rico brought over Santa Love Letter, which might have been one of my favorite iterations of it. It was so – because I think number one is the Krampus. And if you play it and guess, you win. And it's Krampus calling out Santa and it's so <laughs> much fun. Um, and I think I remember playing it with like, with like uh, Riley's mom – and one of her younger sisters just kept playing Krampus and guessing correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pure luck, but, like, Love Letter is so much fun. It's so easy. I have never gotten to actually play it at a bar, which I think would still be freaking a dream. Um, but that's my my number 50, Love Letter. Almost just out of pure nostalgia. I do really love the game. I haven't played it in a long time. It's it's so fun, and it's such, a, like, a pure little... It's, like, a little bit of deduction in there, a little bit of odds, and it's just, like... It really is. It's just, like, a fun little quick game that's kind of like boiled down is is whittled down as like little as it can get and like yeah. still work. And, I, I think it's that's really cool and i bought so i bought a david shorts version cypher at some point and we've played that a couple times yeah, and it's just never it it's just never felt it felt as as like yeah. s- like smooth yeah. as you said right. or like as fun we've never we never got into it the same even like we played um bell of the ball and had more fun than we have with cypher well, Bell of the Ball is a little bit more of a game, right? But there's you're like drafting and trying to choose who who you want to your, your right. But I remember whatever, one but. time we played with like with Bus and Z Man, and we were just like cracking up the whole time, being like, "Fuck you, my party's the best party!" Like, <laughs> all right, uh, Rico, forty nine. Uh, my forty nine is first of a couple uh, hidden roll games. And this is the classic. Uh, this is the most stripped down one on the list, which is the resistance. Ooh! And I have like the antithesis to the resistance on this list, which might be cool. given away. Um, but the resistance doesn't have any stars. <laughs> Man, I I I I wanted forbidden stars, but I've only played it once. Sad. Um, no comment. There, there's no, there's no like roles or powers or anything. It's just this stripped down thing where 
you select people to go on missions and based on their choices of passing or failing the mission, you have to decide if they're a spy or resistance. And it's just reading people and lying and getting away with it. And the rules, I mean, it. it I still play it to this day. Yeah, um, wow. You, you really enjoy that kind of like uh, social experience, like experience of the like, like the coup or the resistance, something like that, or Sheriff of Nottingham. No, right? not Aren't coup. you a fan of that? I'm not a fan of coup, but be, that's because okay, we used the, to play it quite a bit, right? We did used to play it quite a bit. A phase for a month, maybe. Sure. But like the game gets in the way of the, the human element that I find really fun in these games. That, that's what you I know, mean, though. You and you, you yeah. like that, like the bluffing, the lying, that that kind of like, what can I get away with? You know, you kind of push it to the brink. It's, a, it's almost like push your luck, but in like a real social interaction instead of the mm-hmm. the cards or tokens or whatever. Yeah, I've got memories of like my eight-year-old brother dying on the floor laughing, trying to play Skull for the first time, and he couldn't handle the lie. <laughs> That's funny because I have memories of Alfie dying on the floor laughing, trying to play Spyfall. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so I have a lot of really good memories of like, especially someone who's new to the hobby, you know, and you pull out the resistance, like get ready to do something you've never experienced before. And oh, yeah. the rules are so, you know, minimal that I can teach just about anybody. I remember the first time you played it, we were, I think it might have been the first time I met Z-Man. Because mm. you were, like, so happy that you finally had, like, six people or something over. Mm-hmm. And you're like, we can play this game now. <laughs> let's stop playing The Hobbit and let's play this game. <laughs> I, might, I, might have um, to ch- I might have to check this out because... I've always seen it, but I always thought it was like related to Coup, and so I was always like, "Well, I didn't really like Coup." It's so. it's because arguably it's it's in the same like weird future same world, universe right? that they've created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it's like, not Coup. as as with my family here now. We've been getting into more gaming and stuff with re- my in laws and relatives and everything. Like this might be something fun to bring out around Christmas or whatever when we're all together again. Yeah. To look it up. I, I just could never get the I could never get the the player count for Resistance, um, and I think that there's probably other games that do that, but a little bit better that have that other stuff though that that Rico said that Resistance didn't have, like that had the player powers or like like one night other identities, werewolf or like so, stuff like that. Yeah, Deception. Um, I don't like that game. You don't like Deception? <laughs> no, like, I, not at all. Deception's the only one of those types of games I like. Because there's I, more to it other than we, just, we, like, we talked about. It. We've played it, move. and I have not played it because I don't like it. Yeah, that's it's, fair. Like we played it at, incredibly hard to do well in. Like you can, bad luck of the draw. You can isolate somebody, and then the entire game becomes: are are they a master at lying and bluffing? Because if they're not, you will know it's them, and the game's over. And like right. yeah. That part isn't fun. There's no plausible deniability, right? You need that component to be like, no, I, I, I didn't vote no on this mission. I had no choice. You know, there's three of us and you, you there's all these scenarios you can concoct to deny, you know, your uh, culpability. But but in, in Deception, you know, there's just like, <laughs> it's obviously him. It's the only one with right, a needle in front of He used the syringe, <laughs> right? He, exactly. Yeah. What, what do you want to do here? Game's over. And, and I do like button. Insider. I like Insider more than Deception. Insider's a uh, uh, button shy. Uh, oink. oink, oink. I haven't played that one. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, oh, you might not have. Yeah, it's Werewoods. Okay. Um, okay, Alfie, you're forty nine. Forty nine is Indian Summer by Rosenberg. It's we were yep. just talking about it here. How he likes to kind of 
do is little tweaking. This is the second of the the second of the trilogy of like just like straight lightweight Tetris polyomino like laying games, and it's it's the first game I ever saw that I knew I was like. I think my wife might like to play this with me because it's beautiful. You're creating this like garden landscape, basically this forest floor of these beautiful leaves that are, you know, red and orange and green. It's just like, and it's simple to get these animals that come out and it's, it's like, it's fun. It's light. And it's, it, it's just, it's a beautiful little like piece of art that you create um, by the end of it. And we always, it always like comes down. It's basically a race to finish your board and it always comes down to basically a tie and then whoever has the most treasures, which are like berries and mushrooms and nuts that you can like pick up off the forest floor, which you cover with your pieces. Um, but it's just, it's just, it's fun. And and it's, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a beautiful little game. Is this a two player game or do you just usually yeah, play uh, two no, players? It, it, it's up to four. Okay. Have you played it at more than two? Yes. I played it at four as well. Is it as fun at four? Yeah. Cause it, what's what's interesting is the different the treasures give you different like little extra things you can do where you can refill your backpack with pieces or you can uh, what's really cool is the mushroom allows you to like take the first piece in two different players backpacks and like play it on the board so you kind of you're like waiting for the perfect opportunity to play that mushroom and like steal people's pieces that are going to fit perfect for theirs but also fit per- perfect for yours Rico have you played this? No I've played the other one um, Cottage Garden Cottage Garden yeah, and Spring Spring Meadow was the other one. Yeah, that was yeah. the last one. I actually don't really know the differences between the two. And 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 okay, here's my confession, Alfie, you were raving about this game, and I was at the game store up in Connecticut, and I'm pretty sure they had both, and I was like, oh, I kind of want to play the one that Alfie likes, and I bought the wrong one. <laughs> it's, not that I, it's not that I dislike it. I just was like trying to get the one that you were raving about so that oh. I could you know, talk about it with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. funny. Um, all right. So my 49 is a new addition to the list straight from 2020. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade Vendetta. Uh, I talked about this on my freaking top 10 of 2020. So you guys go listen to that if you want a little bit more in depth. But real quick, it's just... It's a three-turn card game. There's like eight different clans of vampires you can be. Each clan has 12 cards, and you don't even get to see all 12 cards. And all eight clans play so differently. Some clans like to like be stealthy, and other clans are really aggressive, and other clans use magic, and like whatever it is. It is such a cool. We talk about boiling it down. This is so much fun, and this, it has these sexy. Is this game like it has these it? sexy little? It has these sexy little pieces. These, these things. Now, look at this fucking cool blood that it comes with. It's cool-ass blood. Um, and you can, like, fucking suck blood from people to get points, and you can suck blood from vampires, but that's stupid because you don't kill your own, but if you kill your own, you get more VP. Um, great game. Takes, like, 30 minutes. Super cool. Not like Villainous. This is... This is... Uh, it's all take that. Okay. It is one of those games where since it's all take that... No one is being picked on. Yeah, no, and, and the, I like, think that's, like, the perfect way to do it. Uh, I played this at four, I think. Yeah, I played this at four, and it was great. Every person plays a card, and everyone goes, oh, fuck! <laughs> like, and you only play, like, I think it's, 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 like, each turn you only play, like, three cards. Like, it is such a trimmed-down game, and it's so tactical and so much fun. Anyways, Vampire the Masquerade Vendetta, I think this one will climb for me. 
Nice. Because um, I've only played it a handful of times, but I love this game. It does. You guys know I love card games. This does it so well. All right. Uh, wait, hold on. I have a couple questions. I'll make them fast, oh. though. How many games have you played? And it is a legacy game, for those who don't know. Wait, no, no, no. This, this is not the legacy one. Not the legacy game. Cool. The legacy one, we played five. Five. And, and this one? Uh, three. Three. All right. Uh, each I've played yeah, each time I played a different race, and that's like that's like the meat of it. Which, and I don't know too much about the lore. If there's like more races, it makes this infinitely expandable, okay. right? How easy is it to give you a freaking twelve pack expansion, a twelve card expansion, right? Like each race is is twelve cards. Like like that's it's like seems like a freaking easy thing to do. Uh, all right, uh, Alfie, let's go ahead and go back to you. Forty eight. Uh, my 48 is Battlecon, Devastation of Endings. What up? Uh, so, I mean, we talked about this game, I think, on probably every single podcast we've ever done. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think games. we might be the only podcast to do yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> although it just got like a remastered, kind of updated artwork version. So there must be some sort of market for it that we're just not sure of. Although they also have like their Exceed and then Street Fighter and all that stuff. And I'm like, are they just like cannibalizing their own market yes because are those all just the same game right i don't know uh but battle battlecon i two-player street fighter the card game it's sick it's fun you got different powers uh every single person plays like wildly different uh i think i really enjoy the 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 management of your like you don't get those you, you know when you play your two cards you don't get those back right away you gotta wait two turns um, and I enjoyed the, the push and pull, literally like push and pull uh, of the game is, is, you know, you're planning to get a big strike and then the person hops back two spaces and then, you know, you're like, all right, well, this turn, that wasted that turn. So next turn, it's like, how can I move closer and try to hit them? And you got to worry about your initiative. And I, I think it's just, it's a fun little, um, game. The finishers are all sick. Like, uh, it's just, it, it's, it's a blast to play every time. I, uh, we, we've talked about how, like, for me and Rico, it was Keyflower that we would play every game night when it was just me and him. With Bus and Z-Man, it's Seasons. With Dolby, it's apparently Colt. Um, <laughs> but there was that moment where Rico, you had left, and Bus and Z-Man hadn't come back to game night, and me and Alfie would just play Battlecon every night for, like, two or three rounds and then play whatever big game we were going to play that night. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, like... I think I I think I've only won once against Alfie, <laughs> but like I just remember starting off starting with novice, and then like after a couple of weeks, we were like, let's grab these crazy ass ones right. that have thirty card decks, thirty card decks, all sorts of like a bag for your tokens for them and everything. Oh like yeah, that. I forgot. everybody has these weird fucking to- y'all. There's like super cool game. Has like a little map or whatever that you can like. It's like a tech tree, basically. Yeah. So you can you can add in locations where you can like you can play on a cliff. So if you kick someone off the end of the board, they thematically fall off a cliff and take damage. We played one mm-hmm. where it was like the cliff was like deteriorating. So like, oh yeah, turns the ends would fall like would then be empty spaces, and then it's it's pushing you closer and closer to each other. It's so much fun. Alfie, did you were you there when we actually played this four player where yeah, one of us was a was like the, a boss? You were the monster boss or whatever, and I think Z Man, Bus, and I were all trying to kill you. And it's like cooperative yeah. on our end, I guess. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys had to. Yeah, dude, super cool game. There's so much in that box. I, I, you actually have more than I do, and I have a lot. Yeah, I bought a used copy that had like one of the expansions or whatever with it. 
or a couple expansions. So I most. I was of very what excited to uh, previously for it. to revi- to revisit this at Bus's wedding. Okay, well um, I'm gonna go real quick just so we can stay in the level 99 universe. My 48 is noir. Uh, detective mystery game. Nice. Deductive mystery game. Deductive mystery game. I love noir. I this was like the first time we played it. I think me me Alfie, me and you were just like, whoa. I this is so, and I think we It's right up here. I immediately went and bought it. Yeah. The black box oh, edition. Yeah. Alf, uh, Rico, I think you have the robotics edition. Um Auto- I gave it away. Automa or whatever. Yeah. You gave it away? Yeah. Oh, all right, whatever. I really liked it, but I, um, still have, I still have the black box edition. Oh, okay. So, um, nor one of those games, dude. Yeah, it, it, you talk about like deduction d- distilled. Like this is this is this is more. There's a handful of different games you can play in there. Alpha, you talked about, or we were talking earlier about um creating false tension, right? Like, or who? Uh, and noir doesn't do that at all. That tension is there for real. That freaking game. <laughs> Where I was like the thief, and I just need like we it came down to a 50-50 shot, right. and I could have kept running, but one of us needed to win, so I made a decision, and you had two choices, and w- if you would have gone the other way, I would have won, but if you you went the right way and you got it, and I just remember just like sh- my hands shaking, and like doing the movement, and like this game is so cool. I do. It is so, and it's it's just cards i do think the best version of the game are those two player games i enjoyed the larger when we played like the bank robbers or whatever or the mafia whatever it was that's kind of fun and kind of a big experience the spy tag i think is is fine but i do think the game is best at like those two player there's three different versions of like the two player games and i think those are uh, i totally i think blast. the two players is the way to go um we there's like a, a thing there like if you get too high you have to do spy tag it's those other ones that I think are better, like it's, where you have like a serial killer. Right. It's if you have like, if you have six or nine, you can do the, you can do like these particular game modes where everyone has a different power. But if you have like three, four, five, seven, eight, you have to do spy tag. That's the only option you have, and so then it's just, which is fine, but it's nowhere near. Right. It's 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 fun, but it's also like you have to remember now where seven different people could be. You know, it's like. I don't. That part isn't fun, but the two-player is so much fun. Yeah, Noir, and this one, like, this is one of those filler games that would have made it in my top ten list when we were doing those. Mm-hmm. But I always excluded it because it was a filler game. And then after doing this, it, I was like, okay, here's my time to really talk about Noir as like where it kind of actually lands. Right. I love that. Uh. All right. Uh. Rico, forty-eight. My 48 is the antithesis to the resistance, which is like everything in the box, all the rolls, all the shit you don't need, uh, but it makes for the best campfire experience I've ever had, and that's Blood on the Clock Tower. What? Do you have this? No, but um, a friend of mine in Connecticut had a copy from the designers. Yeah, the guy we met at Gen Con, right? Yeah, yep. Um, He was actually like helping the design team like take it around to different um, like meetups and game stores like throughout New England, and he was like running events and stuff. With, cool, that's sweet. With some copy that they gave them, yeah. So we went camping one one summer for like a weekend, Friday, Saturday, or something like that. And you know, we played like different board games throughout the day, you know, and like along alongside some other events. But then at <laughs> night, when you can't really play like games, just that you need to see cards and pieces and all that stuff. 
we would just play Blood on the Clock Tower until we got tired for hours every That's night. That's so, like, what, what in makes the this one so, spe- so special? Because I don't, I don't know much about it other than it's like a little social deduction game. So you have an actual DM, and the DM has the roles that every person has, like in this big unnecessary um, book that they have in front of them. And the DM has the ability to make adjustments throughout the game, depending on how things are going. Okay. So if a certain faction, you know, is getting too strong, they can introduce, they've got all this stuff that's on the side that they can oh, add cool. into the mix or they can take out or they can, you know, so it's like the, the DM is able to influence and keep the experience one really fresh and challenging for both sides. Um, and uh, yeah, and it keeps, it keeps the games from ending too quickly or going too long. You know, like all of those things that, you know, a DM should be doing and we don't get too often in board games. Right. You get in Blood on the Clock Tower. That's super it, cool. It, it's, What's the, what are you trying to do in the game? It, yeah, it, it's, it's, there's, you know, I think there's like a, a werewolf. It's, where, it's werewolf. Okay. So you're trying yeah, to find some stuff. sort of like bad guy. Yeah, okay. exactly. And, the, and the roles, the roles, while they're cool, I didn't think they were anything like, unique that i hadn't seen before it again is that like moderative experience that comes alongside it were you ever able to play tombs in a boom yeah uh-huh. okay how tombs does this how does this compare to that it's exactly why two rooms in a boom is an uneven experience because there's not really a moderator Got or, it. Or, okay that's interesting yeah. you know that what i mean sense. like you read yeah. it and then you do the thing and you break apart into these rooms and like if one room is being unruly or whatever isn't in the spirit of it, it can kind of break the game. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot to control because it's like separated that way. Right, right, um, right. But the roles are actually pretty similar to that game or have the, how they feel, but yeah. the DM keeps it cohesive. And then were you ever the DM? I was not the DM. It okay. was always Harrison. Okay, so there's the other thing is, is according to Sherpins and Down, like, like being the DM is just as fun as like playing the game. Yeah. And that makes it, sense. It definitely seems that way. It's like that seems similar to like an RPG, right? Where the DM goes in, they create this world, they run it, they're influencing things as they go. Like they're having just as much fun as the people running the adventure, you know? Yeah. But the games are twenty minutes to forty-five ish. Okay, that's a, that's, a, that's a good length. Do you think it's yeah? That's a solid. How many people do you need for like a good like? What's the minimum player count you would want? Probably six or okay, seven. So I yeah. minimum, you know, I would say like a sweet spot would be like the eight to ten range. It's so that's like ten, right? Uh, I don't actually remember how many okay. it plays up to. Okay. So that's like we drop the dice in mass. We have to play it together. I, I I think it would be fun with you know six seven. Yeah. So okay. Uh, all right, uh, Rico. Let's stick with you. What's your forty-seven? 47 uh, is Cosmic Encounter, which oh, nice. I, I love, I love yeah, your, yeah. 50, your 15 to 41 is so like like thematic so far. Yeah, it's I like told all you. the experiences. All yeah, yeah it's all social that. deductions. Dude, Cosmic Encounter, that, I don't think that made my list at all. Wow. It was on the shortcut list, like, yeah. Yeah. Nice, man. Okay, uh, tell me about Cosmic Encounter. Uh, I mean, there's nothing I'm going to be able to say about it that Tom Vassell probably hasn't been saying for years. Right. Tell me what you tell me what you think about Cosmic Encounter. I think it takes a lot of things that I like in games and makes it really approachable and accessible, while still having 
a lot of uniqueness and in, in, in asymmetry. A lot of games get bogged down in asymmetry where like they take forever um, and this game can just throw so much asymmetry at you and you can still play a really fast game. And right. like, or so so Alfie, you weren't there, but we played um, Side Real Confluence, which right. turned out to be a great experience. And I love that game. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there was a point, dude, where I didn't think we were gonna make it. Like, <laughs> we, we got 20 minutes in the rule the rules and i looked around the table and everybody everyone zach <laughs> well so uh, even, even uh, after once we started playing we, we like we like we get we had it right we we got it and yeah, then yeah. and then zeman was the lone person like i don't fucking get this i don't <laughs> fuck this character what is going on i'm supposed to and then he and then he was like no i'm supposed to do this this and this and rico's like no there's no way your character is supposed to do that Z-Man hands him the card, and, and Rico's like, oh, shit. Okay, so wait, you're right. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so he, we almost gave up multiple times throughout that game, right? And uh, I think Cosmic like does that same thing, but pulls it off. With you, where if you don't ever have that. It, 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 it is open and play. And it's it is, like, it is nice cool. how quick that game can go, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Dude, and solid it, choice. And, uh, it, and it, it, it really is like kind of a simple rules teach. You know, there's a few little particularities within it, but it, it is kind of your power breaks the game, your race breaks the game. But other than that, like you don't really have to worry. And, it, and it's not so complicated. It's not something like a, like a vaster route where, and maybe I shouldn't talk about route because I don't actually know anything about the game. A vast where completely different things in cosmic encounter. You're also doing the same thing. You just have one little tweak yeah. that you get. You know, you you get mm -hmm. to break in one little way, and I I think I think that's really cool. And it is. It's a it's a negotiation game. You know, and that and that's cool. And it's like built in there. You know, I think that's sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and go because I want to keep it in the level 99 family again. Uh, so <laughs> my 47 is Imperial Spells and Steam. Nice. Um, another 2020 release. I fucking love this game. It, uh, Trey Chambers just just has my shit. Uh, not as much as Ryan Lockett, but he's so good. <laughs> I I've played this game I think four times now, and at different player counts. And at each player count, it has been an amazing experience, and more or less around the same playtime. Although I, I think when me and Rico played two players, we knocked it out in like forty minutes. But when yeah. we played at six, it was only like an hour and a half. Like. The game ends before you know it, like Montana, it which I also like really love. Twenty minutes per person or whatever on the box. Oh, does it? Which yeah, I actually, it's something it's like actually that. accurate for once. Yeah, yeah. This game, like most level ninety nine stuff, has so much shit in that box. Each of those cards is double sided and this and that, and you can do this and you can do this, and there's a million ways to victory. And I've tried a couple of them and I've only won once. Um, but this game is so much fun, and I think because of how quick it is and how easy it is, you can show this to newer people, and it. it Again, it goes with these other games so far on my list where it has a time length that's very digestible that makes it approachable and makes it very easy to to get to the table. I do. You know, as much as I love Scythe or maybe any of these other or let's let's go to Trick. As much as I love Trick, that is a beast to set up and break down and explain. And it's an hour long rule teach, but I do wonder with Imperial because it's so short to teach to like people to like bring out to people who maybe aren't super gamers or whatever even people who are gamers there's so much iconography it's like is that good in a game that can last 45 minutes that 20 minutes or 15 minutes of that you're looking at the rule book being like wait 
Well, let me see the rule book. Mm. And it, maybe the game just needs player aids or something like that, where it's like you can just have what all the symbols mean. But there's enough there that it's like I played the game almost ten times now, and I still every single time I have to go back and basically go like, what does this train car do or whatever, you know? <laughs> As I say, like, well, it's like for me, it's only with the train cars now that I have to go back well, and look and what that, they do. And that's it. And that's because the actions on your board are all just like placing trains out on, on different terrain. That that part's easy, but the spell cars that that's like the meat of the game. They all yeah. have these different icons, uh, and, and they're so intuitive once you like look at me like, oh, yeah, these all make sense. Okay. And you kind of refresh it, but it's like you do. You just constantly have to go back to it. And I wonder if that's the one thing that hinders it in my mind is how much you have to look at a rule book in a game that, you know, lasts an hour long. I mean, that's why I placed it so low on my list. Yeah, that makes Could sense. So much of that. You're totally right. I, I will say that 48th on your list. Um, 47. But if it's, 47. If this was a list of the best games that like that play six or seven, this would be right at the top. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, I mean, oh, it, for sure. Nothing strikes the balance of the of the play time and the depth of the game that this that this one does. For sure. When you combine those things, it's like number one at short yeah. play time, good meaningful choices, yeah. and high player count. Yeah. All right, Alfie, uh, forty-seven. Uh, 47 Mines, also a 2020 game, so keeping with that theme, I have Clinics Deluxe Edition. Woo! All I right, played this nice. a few, I played this a few more times since I made my top 10 for 2020, and it's it's just... It's not a fun game. It's not like I'm like, oh, I have so much fun playing it. But, it, dude, it makes me think. I, like, sit there, and I'm like, okay, how can I, like, how can I be efficient here? What do I want to do? And it's got its own little, like, unique mechanisms in there, like how... You have to move all your doctors to the patients and move patients out and everything. It's like, it's just, it is like playing the game itself isn't fun, but trying to figure it out, that is like a good, enjoyable experience in my mind where it's like I finish and I'm kind of beat. I, it's never a game where I'll be like, yeah, let me play that again. Let me set that up again and play it. It's always like I finish that and it's like, yeah, I'm going to take a break and not do anything else today. You know, it's it's kind of one of those. So. <laughs> Um, but I just I, I really enjoy uh, that event. Uh, you had a little podcast where you were making cocktails and you talked about food chain magnet being like it's kind of like the procedural running a restaurant and clinic is like the procedural running a medical clinic. You know, it's like it's like same kind of thing where you're like you're making all these decisions about what what uh, renovations you want to make, what building do you want to add on to to whatever, and how do you park your cars, and how do you how do you deal with patients escalating and becoming more sick and uh dealing with doctors and you have the nurses that can help you out um it's just i, I don't know it's it's a game that every time i play it i i want to play it again just not right now it sounds um, like anal retentive sim city that's awesome yeah, yeah that's uh, awesome. <laughs> i uh how, question how's the rule set because i've played other alvin vr games and uh oh it's, it's, it's fine i i i read <clears throat> the rule book and I was like, yeah, I think I got this. And and there there's some, you know, when I first played it, I referenced it quite a bit. But uh, it, it really isn't that tough because there's some very simple things. It's just like within – there's only – so, like, you choose one of three actions to do and you get you get two on your turn to do or whatever. Um, maybe more. I, I don't remember. But there's three things you can do. You can, like, bring in patients, hire doctors, and build buildings basically and so it's just within that it's like well the buildings certain ones can't be placed next to certain other ones uh, you have to have a supply room next to a treatment room in order to supply it 
the moving people gets complicated and the workers are just like, do your colors match? Do you, if you have a yellow yeah. patient, you want a yellow doctor. If it's, you know, and it, it's not like if it's a red patient and you have a white doctor, red being the most <laughs> severe and white being the lowest level, then you have to like have nurses for the difference. It's the other way. If you have the, in a, in ER, you know, physician at the red and you bring in a white patient, it's like, you got to have nurses to come back down um, to match that. So it's, there's, there's little intricacies there, but the game as a whole and like how to do and what you're doing, it, it really isn't, there's not much there. This new nice version, time. is it self-published or is it published by? It's self It's by, like no, it's by Albin VR games. Yeah. Okay. Game studio. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Do you have it? Yeah, it's right here. Okay. No, no. I, I was just wondering. I, I, okay. I, I have it too. I, I love it. I haven't played it yet, but it's so freaking beautiful. Yeah. All right. Uh, Alfie, let's stick with you. 46. Uh, 46 is another 2020 game. The cost. Oh, is, is this the asbestos one? Yeah, this is the asbestos. Wait, hold on. Pull this game out. I've never heard of this in my life. It's um, it's from. It's, he's a, I don't think he owns it. No, no, I don't own it. I, I don't. You, I don't think you can get it right now because they had like a small, <laughs> they had a small um like line, and then they. I think there were talks about them going with having some other bigger publisher pick it up, and and making another print run. Uh, Wait, is this one of the unreleased games? No, it, this people have this game. Um, I okay. just I've only played it on TTS. Uh. So, but yeah, so it's, I, I talked about it on the last one, but basically you are mining asbestos in foreign, fake foreign countries. And each turn you choose which country you want to work in. You like take a worker and you go to this collective worker spot, like placement yeah. spots. You get three different, um, you basically choose, there's hexes and you choose a vertice in there and you get the three actions that it touches and then that worker stays there the rest of the game so okay so you talked about this on, on the last podcast uh, I, I, my question is and this is i think the first like like i'm so surprised i don't know why i can't believe it's made into your 46 of all time yeah it's good no like <laughs> like like like, like, like really good. no judgment but like wow dude yeah all right uh, okay 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 fine and they, they're, they're working on it right i i follow the it was like a group of guys made the game or whatever, and there's only one of them has his name on it or whatever, but they're working on, like, an expansion to it right now, which I'm like, oh, that would be sick. Like, throw that on Kickstarter, and then maybe I could get the original version too. But um, I, I love it. I, I love it. Drop, drop the dice, freaking finding the hidden gems there. Nice. This is like, like we're, we're the only people who like Viceroy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rico, what do you got? 46. 46. Uh, 46 is Treasure Island. Nice. Gosh, this is this, another right? one I want to play. I, I so played this bad. with you. This is, uh, yeah. you want to talk about like, like innovative or like unique games. This is probably being my top 20, top 10. Yeah. They did a stellar job of, I mean, the, the production of the components, but just the ideas and like, and the ideas of what is fun in a board game. I think they really just executed on, um, I can step away from the game for for a long time. Like I've gone like a year in between playing it or six months within between playing it, and I barely have to like reference the rules anymore. Like I know what I I have to do. Nice. Um, oh, I, I love games like that, man. Yeah, 
and and there's a, there's enough substantive things to do. So like on your turn, you get to you get to move and you use a little rope a, a ruler, and then you get to do a large search or a small search with you know these little circular discs that you trace um, you know with a, with a whiteboard marker. Um, and it's just, that part is so much fun. And I think the thing that I really like about it is the I forget the I forget the captain that you're playing with Blackbeard. I think it might be Blackbeard. Um, Blackbeard takes a backseat more so than almost any, any like um, Overlord, you know, one verse all style game. Like he does very little, and I don't find it boring. Right? Like, That's interesting. So the game you're trying to find the treasure, and and Blackbeard will mark it on a secret little map, and it's there for the whole game, and never moves. So that treasure is always there, so you can just roll up and find it. Um, and you do little things to sort of influence. Um, you know the clues that the that the people get but other than that you kind of stay put he's, and I like it. thematically he's like locked away right in prison yeah. or whatever and so he can't yeah, yeah yeah because at some point in the game then blackbeard released from a tower and yeah. then he can line to the treasure and right. if he gets you to the treasure then he can win <laughs> but to be honest i would say like 70 percent of my games at least are probably over by then okay like I rarely have one as Blackbeard, and I think that's okay. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not putting the treasure when I when I put it somewhere on the map to like put it in this one dickish spot that you're never going to be able to guess because it's like really weird, you know, or whatever right, it is. Like right. There's a it's, black line there that you can't see. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> what would be the most fun, you know what I mean, or just the most interesting, and and so that's that's the events that I play and the decisions that I make, and it it, it really facilitates. Um, and then people are just like taking out rulers and protractors and drawing yeah. shit on the board, like doing their cool special powers. And it's just like, what did I just play? That was so cool. This, uh, this fan. is, this is a top five game I want to play. I've never played nice. it. Nice. And wow. I want to so badly. Oh, dude. Okay. Well, Rico, whenever we go to Minnesota or whenever we go to Nashville, this is going to be like the first thing we do. I'm, I'm there. Yeah. Uh, all right. My 46 guys is, uh, is I'm breaking the seal for Uve. Uh, Glass Road. Nice. It's I'm assuming low. this is. <laughs> so I was waiting for that shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, uh, dude. This, actually, hold on. This might be my only Uve game on here. Actually, is it, we'll, it's we'll see. You we'll see. Played it in a while. I think we'll I, 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 like... probably because I fucking love Glass Road. Glass Road. Uh, and the reason it's on the list. Is because it's different than his other ones. The the card mechanism, the the weird bluffing that you're supposed to do, and or predicting what the other player is going to do to get more actions, super interesting. But really that you still have this like you still have your player board where you're trying to like reap all your fields away so you can build more stuff on it, dude. Love this game. Quick, the 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 I remember the first time messing with the the weird dials, mm-hmm. being like, this doesn't make fucking sense. <laughs> Yeah, it, and then, it, it like, takes when a it, while to wrap your brain around how that works. Right, and and then and then once you understand it, you're like, oh, okay, okay, wait, wait, I got it, I got it, I got it. Um, Glass Road, super cool, super interesting. I hear it's getting a reprint, but just like a, a reprint, nothing special. Right. Top games that don't have an expansion, Glass. Uh, right. Uh, Alfie, did you end up buying a copy? I, I pre-ordered the new one coming. Okay, this is one where like, the next time I see it at a store, I got to pick it up because it's it's just yeah. Yeah, I, like I, I, I need this one in my collection ever since I first played it six years ago. And this, I think, I feel like we played this for the first podcast. We did. We played it right before it. 
at right? okay. Rico's old apartment at now your new apartment. Yeah, my new apartment. Okay. And, um, yeah. Sweet. Let's go to 45. Uh, halfway through. We're doing good, guys. Uh, Alfie, 45. Scythe. No? <laughs> A little low. <laughs> what? Wait, oh, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. I'm just going to say that every time now. I said Scythe. Alfie, what was your 45? Scythe. All right. So I see why you <laughs> said that in your text. Yeah, it's um. Oh man, it it really. No, we didn't even hear it. it. Rico, it, what's your forty-five? All right, all right. bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, come on, Alfie, what's up? I don't know. It's Why just, is this? I, okay, I think it's. I it's think okay. It's, it's not low. It's your forty-five best game know, of all time. I know. I, get I know. And 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 I like in, how thirty seconds game. ago you said you've done so good, and and we've been moving at a brisk clip. Here it all plummets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Prepare I, for 45 minutes. Of Jesus Christ. Like, we are not going to talk about science for a long time. For yeah, that's, that, that's why I can talk about it now real quick. It, it On any given day, <laughs> this could be like number 12 or number five. It, it, it's a great game. I played it 35 times, which is a lot more than most other games I played on here. And I, okay. <laughs> okay, sorry, you don't you don't need to defend yourself. No, no, no. But why, oh, okay. what the thing I like the most about that game maybe not the thing I like the most. One thing I really like about the game is the like shared resources. The basically it's like you don't farm your stuff and then you get it. Now it's it's sitting on the board for anyone to come get. I think that's kinda cool. And I feel like I don't see that usually in places. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like Agricola, it's like you farm your wheat and now I have wheat. No one can come get my wheat or whatever and I I just think that's interesting, but it's essentially it's like it's just an efficiency game. It's like you know you're you're just trying to like efficiently race to a finish line, which I think is cool. I I love the game. I really enjoy playing it. I played it a ton. I don't know like it, it's a low on games I would like to play though, probably because I played it so much. And uh, Rise of Fenris like jumped it way up on my list. We went in like, I was just saying, like, dude, like after Rise of Fenris, but like I played Rise of Fenris and it was kind of cool. But like I like some of the modules there. But as the campaign, I think some of the games I like. Bathed, I like the side game and some of the some of the, like the missions in there where it was like, okay, attack these little things. That wasn't fun to me. I didn't enjoy that. That's just because you lost enjoyed, those ones. You only no, won the first one and the last one. No, 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 I won more than just the first and last one. I won like early on and you, then late. But and that no, doesn't you didn't. matter. You, won, you literally won the first one and the last one. I won three and Zach won three. I only won two games. Yeah, and then you fucking uh, took you might it, the whole pull thing. That out because I'm pretty sure I won a lot more than that. Uh, it you didn't, matter. fucker. It doesn't. You matter. were upset the like, whole game. No, no, no. I, it's, I'm fine losing that game. Lost a tons, but what I didn't. I don't. I didn't enjoy the little tiny like side missions. I didn't think that, but that part was fun. I thought there was cool stuff in the Rise of Fenris campaign. I really liked that stuff, especially the modules about like being able to start with different stuff or whatever. Um, I thought that was cool. Uh, but it's just I. I've just. I honestly came down to I've just played it a lot. I played it a lot, and other games I'm more interested in right now. Dude, and hot it, takes. It's, not, it's not a super deep game. I really. I think it's a pretty simple game. When it comes down to it, right? it's not a deep game. Like I said, it's just an efficiency game. How can I maximize my efficiency between going from this action to this one, get both things, and go over back over to here and get both things, you know? Uh-huh. So, I love Scythe. <laughs> my number 45. Rico, what's your 45? You just, like, edit that part out. <laughs> Alfie, that was but so really good, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, I, knew it was, I knew it was going to be low. I didn't think it was going to be that low. 
Yeah. I didn't either. I didn't either until it was higher on my list, and then when I did that, when I said I like made the list and and ranked all the games and things, it was it was like low on a few of the things. Like it was pretty low on on quite a few of them. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I feel it. like yeah, teaches out. I do want to keep talking about it, but all your all your all your metrics are about like how much you want to play it right now. And you Rico's gonna be like, so my forty four side, and I'm just gonna cry. Uh, all right, my what am I at? Forty five. Yeah. Uh, my forty five is modern art. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, keeping with your theme, so yeah. Yeah, even my theme. It is an auction game. It's a Kenichi game. I have the Cool Mini or Not version of it, which um, I think people have seen the Cool Mini or Not box cover because it's yeah. pretty well known. But there are four artists that are featured in in the game, and it has multiple pieces by each of these artists. And in fact, half of the rule book is just um, like exposés or portfolios of of the work and sort of like biographies of those four artists. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of that, and they're all Brazilian artists. So it's oh. all artists that are that are currently working and active in Brazil. I mean, just like I, I, whoever they put in charge of this iteration of the game, because I know there's like six out there, um, just absolutely knocked it out of the park and i think that some of my enjoyment comes from just how the care that they did to choose those artists to 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 put that work into that rule book um, nice but it's a, it's a damn fine auction game to boot you're doing a different auction every turn and you know you have like a blind bid auction you have a regular auction where you can one up everyone um you have just a whole bunch going on right so like the auctions are always fresh and then you have the game that sort of like underlies it which is what's the worth of each of these pieces of art as we continue to buy them from specific artists um so you have a little meta game that goes and you're just always doing a cool fun auction throughout it that's interesting that there are multiple different types of auctions in the same game that's pretty cool i like that yeah, yeah. i like that too this is one i've always wanted to play i've always always been what's the lowest player count you think for this one uh i i think it'd be fine at four okay Oh, okay. I've always worried that like I would need like a good five or six for it to work. I think it only plays to five. If I'm oh wow, honest. okay. Yeah. So, and I've doctored it. I've doctored it up a little bit. I got a little easel from the gallerist to put the little Ooh, nice, nice. And, yes, uh, dude. I, and hold on, I have the little gavel from um, Article Article Twenty Seven. Yes, nice. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, we're. I, I can't wait to hear about Article Twenty Seven on your list. That's right. It's uh, it's where Scythe should be. Right. It's just right above QE. Oh man. <laughs> All right, so my, my 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 forty five uh, is uh, Viceroy, or um, more commonly known to drop the dice listeners as Pyramids. Uh, Viceroy is it came with oh, just right at the bat, just beautiful artwork, just the most beautiful artwork you've ever seen. Um, after that, it's relatively abstract. Um, it's not really area control so much as it's like what like spatial reasoning, like. Yeah, you want to like yeah, it's, it's, you, you want you want you want to put the cards in specific spots so that they match up correctly to combo with other cards, right? Um, but you have like that game, and then you have like this weird economic puzzle of spending your gems to get cards, but then you have to use your gems to activate different cards. And Z-Man, for whatever reason, is the only player I've ever seen who at no point ever has to skip. 
At some point, every player runs out of fucking money and has to take a turn to get more money. And whatever Z-Man does, he's always able to get cards. And he focuses on those, like, I forget what they're called, but they're like the laws, basically, or whatever. Yeah, 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 they are the laws. I think, I I love Vice, where it's like, it's got the drafting, where you, like, all try to choose which one to go. And then if you tie, you have to, like, do another rebid on it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like the multifaceted cards where it's like the card has a different power based on what level of your pyramid it's at. Yeah, it's yeah. Like there's that. It's super fun. Like, like you mentioned with the spatial reason, you have like that aspect of it. And then each corner has a color, like a half of a quarter of a circle of a gem. And if you can get right. four cards to match up and have a gem, like you have something there. And that's cool. It is, and then I often forget about that and just think, oh, I'm just going to, like, efficiency, like, go, like, okay, this card in the fourth row is going to give me this power, and the third row is going to give me this power. Every time I do that, the the other players match up the colors better, and, like, their scores are significantly higher. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, I love Viceroy. I'm, I'm super glad this is on your list. Uh, Viceroy, uh, by the way, with the expansion, so much fun. Um, it allows you to build underneath your pyramid downwards. That's sick. Um, super sick, and each of those cards are extremely powerful, but extremely whis- ri- whiskey, risky. Um, super fun. All right, uh, let's keep going. Um, Alfie, forty-four. The magnificent from I couldn't even tell you who designs this. Uh, Matigo though Games is the publisher. Uh, this is an extremely abstract. The theme is like you have like a carnival and these magicians or whatever. But at no point do you ever feel anything like that's what you're doing. But it's basically a dice drafting game where it, it's really cool. It's basically it's like if you took like Grand Astro Hotel meets Tracurion meets like Crystal Palace, and you take like simple elements from all those games, throw them together, and you draft a dice. There's four colors. You put it on one of your four action cards, which is sick. And that, the cards all you have like an action top that modifies the dice in some way, or some you get a gem or money or whatever. And then at the bottom is an end of round scoring. Uh, and you have on your board like a place where you can like put in Tetris pieces so you can build. Uh, you can travel is one of the other actions you can do. And travel is you like take these wagons and you go around a circle based on the color of the dice you chose. And um, you gain like gems and tents for your performers to perform in. And then you can perform. That's the other action you can do is perform and each performance has certain building requirements, so certain Tetris piece requirements uh, they need, and then maybe some gems, and it's just a whole lot of, like, uh, trying to, like, modify your dice, essentially, to get these big bonuses, but the really cool part of this game is when you take an orange dice, you get whatever the value of it is. Oh, if it's a two orange, you get two points for that first action. The next orange dice you take, you add on with that first two, and and it continues going up like that um, with those color of dice. But at the end of the round, you have to pay for whatever the most, like, value of one color of dice is. So if you have 11 in orange, you have to pay $11 uh, at the end of the round. So it's like your points become more, your actions become more powerful, but you also owe more. And so it's like... There's also cool, cool things through there, but it's like it's not very interactive at all. You're just building your <laughs> own little thing. The only interaction you get at all is by like taking a dice that someone else might need, I guess, or taking a performer that they could use, but you could use too. Um, there's only three rounds, four actions each round, so it's not very long. Wow. Um, but it's just it's like a oh, fun, love, love that. Yeah, it's, it's it's a fun. It's super quick. 
Um, and it it it's it was very easy to teach after having taught Grand Austria Hotel. Like it it you know nice. the, it's kind of a feels like an extension of that. So yeah, no, uh, that's the magnificent. Love that one. Sweet. All right, uh, my forty four is Tyrants of the Underdark. Uh, nice. This one. Uh, this one I didn't think I would like at first because it was going to take the place of one of my favorite games of all time, City of Remnants. Uh, it has a very similar idea of of deck building and but you doing dudes on a map stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> Titans of the Underdark. I don't even know who the designer, but whoever designed it designed it. And hey, Isaac was young once, so there you go. <laughs> uh, Titans of the Dark does it so much more seamlessly. Like the the. The, the deck play, the, the drafting you can do is so cool, and you can mix and match all these different decks together. There's, like, demons, there's, like, uh, Cthulhu stuff, there's, like, vampires, all this other stuff you can do. And uh, you pick, I think, two of them, shuffle them together, and then those are the, the, the clans you're going you're gonna to play with. And as you build your deck, you know, if you have more of these cards, they, they you know, they combo with these cards. And it's super, super interesting stuff. It's a really um, fun game, yeah. It is, and then like you move around again. Another relatively take that game, um, but but it's but area control, but, so but, of course it is, you know. Yeah, but like, it, but it does, it's another one that like it doesn't feel mean. It doesn't feel like you're picking on anyone. Right. Um, even at three, which which we've done, uh, like Rising Sun at three felt like you guys were picking on someone always. <laughs> you. <laughs> Whatever, because I because you didn't never wanted to partner with me. It's no, fine. You, I said who wants to partner? I could say he did, and you'd be like, all right, whatever. Yeah, yeah, fuck you guys. Anyways, Times of the Underdark, uh, it mixes deck building with this cool, like, with a board, which I don't think clanks on my list, but, like, dude, you mix deck building and a board, and I'm there. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, Rico, uh, 44. I feel like if Tyrants had a different art style, maybe a different publisher, that game would, I think, just be a household name. Like if it was made today, if it was made today, the Dune Imperium world and stuff like that, like oh, dude, you <laughs> yeah, know? you yeah. yeah, you're right, you're right, because um, I think it's better than Clank. Like I don't think Clank's on my list. Yeah, I I do too, and Clank's all the, all the rage for the past few years. But I I, I agree. I think it, I almost feel like if Tyrants had a different theme, like if it wasn't D and D themed, yeah, it would, it would which is odd because people love Lords of Waterdeep. Kind of because it's yeah, but like, can you imagine if it's like games because of D and D? But like, 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 like can you imagine if it's in like the Warhammer universe? Thing. Right, exactly. If it was, if it was a forty k, if it was the Forbidden Stars universe, right? And you throw yeah. this game in there, I think, I think it would pick up. And but I agree, Rico, that like it's our, it's almost got like the Ethnos treatment where it's like uh-huh. it's a really cool area control game with like cards you yeah. use, but yeah. it's just a little too bland for people, I guess. Uh, Athenos, my 63. Nice. <laughs> Rico, 44. 44. 44 is another big one. Plays up to eight people. You put a giant-ass cardboard divider in the middle of the longest table that oh. you can find. Captain Sonar? play Fuck. real-time battleship. Dude, <laughs> you have three games so far that are on, like, the top of my list to play. Wait, again, Stane, you weren't there when we played Captain Sonar? Nope. <laughs> God, so I'm really glad, wait, I'm really wait, glad did, you guys have played all these great like party games without me. Wait, did you, were you not there when we fucked each other? No. <laughs> oh, wait, you weren't there when we all humped each other? No, with the balloons, no. Yeah, oh, that was when we played Captain Sonar. Yeah, great. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I've played this game all over the country. 
with <laughs> not with me and... though. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on, I don't play games in Minnesota. So. All right. <laughs> so, to be fair, like that does like this would have been perfect to take to Gen Con. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna love it. It's it's so good. There's not much else to say about it. Um, but right. if, you can, if you can muster the teach, if people can hang through the teach. Um, have you played it with less than eight? I was wondering how that is. I've, I've actually not played it with less than eight. Okay, and I know they have like a family version that's like a 2v2. Um, uh, uh, yeah, dad, that, that, that's a target, right? Yeah, my dad, just brother sonar. Play, my dad and brother play both Captain Sonar and regular Sonar against each other 1v1. Nice. Oh, that's Ooh. cool. Hmm. That'd be tough. So nice. yeah, I, I, apparently they they enjoy it, and sometimes they do the Captain Sonar version just to like, you know, really put their yeah, mind yeah, yeah. in the blender. It's like playing control. <laughs> yeah, um, but they also like Sonar as well because it scales. So cool. Um, I mean, the game they they're just they're just phenomenal ideas and concepts, and um, it's that game creates magic. You know, yeah. like teach it to some new people, and you put them in a role. My I, my favorite part actually of playing that game is assigning the roles based on like the personalities that are there. That makes sense. What's your oh, favorite nice. role? I'll take whatever role I fit into after that assigning is done. I don't actually care. But like you know, you get the boisterous person. You get the the quiet but thoughtful. You right. get the you know very careful and puzzly. You get the reckless. Like all those different personalities, you can give them a different role of the game. And like that's the most fun part is to say you're gonna do this, that's cool. you know, and you're that's gonna do cool. this one. I'm gonna teach you how to do this one, and then to see the light bulbs turn on as like as you got it right to pick that role for them is so cool. All right, Alfie, uh, why don't we go for you? Forty three. Forty three is the Princess of Florence. Nice. All right. Yeah. So, um, so far I've had a lot of like kind of euros on this list, but. You know, when Rico said he kind of has a lot of the lighter games in his first, you know, 10 on the on this list, and that's kind of where he feels they are. That's kind of how I am, too, but kind of reverse of, like, I have, like, all these games that I enjoy and I, re- I, I really like for, for different reasons, but they're all kind of just like, eh, they're all, like, medium-weight Euros or whatever, you know? There's a million of them. What does this one do differently? And I think what I like about Princes of Florence is it's multifaceted. Well, you have this auction phase, which is kind of cool, and... And we've talked about, um, we were talking about the auctions with, with Modern Art, and I am terrible at auctions. Any If a game plays yeah, an are. auction, I'm bad at it, for sure. Hmm. Right, I mean, just, uh, you guys got to go listen to one of the podcasts where we have uh, Alfie laughing at QE to see how bad he has <laughs> at auctioning. Yeah, yeah. But, so you have that, and then you have uh, uh, this phase where you're trying to, like, the whole point of the game, you're trying to complete these works. And uh, in order to do that, you need certain requirements. You need certain buildings or certain uh, gardens or whatever um, professions that you have. And the more you have, the more that work is worth. And, and what I love about this game is that as over the seven or eight rounds, to complete a work, you have to have more and more points. So you have to, you know, the, the first round, you only need like two of the things out of the five or whatever. But at the end, to complete one of those works, you need like all five things 
on there in order to complete it. And I, I really enjoy that. I, I, think, I think that's fun that it, it scales, like, and it's built to scale. It's not that just like, oh, you build this engine, and then by the end of the game, the engine's working really smoothly. It's the game is forcing you to, you better have, like, you better be ready. Otherwise, you're not getting any points at the end of the game, and that's where you get, you know, the bulk, the the high percentage of of uh, your overall points. So, I really enjoy Princess of Florence as like a a, a good, um, like solid Euro game. Sweet. Uh, okay, so my forty three is Cloudspire. Nice. nice. Uh, so Rico, have you played this yet? No. Okay, so uh, I know me and Alfie, me and you played so good. it. Um, dude, Cloudspire is so good. It is absolutely an investment in time as much as it is an investment in money. Um, I think to get the most out of it, you do got you got to spend the time. You got to learn the races. You got to understand how they play. You got to you got to play it over and over again. And I, I definitely haven't done that yet. But the few times that I have played it have all been such amazing unique experiences this is a game unlike anything i've ever really played it i mean i guess it's a it's, it's definitely a, a skirmish game but you are right the mechanics are so cool and as much as like each faction plays so differently and, and again I, I think obviously like with more plays you'll learn it better it's not that hard to read that card and kind of understand what they do right because there's there's like 15 different things you can do but you can't do all 15 in the game. It's really right. like, it pick a couple. And it didn't stop us from having a blast. No, we. I, I had so much fun. And it only, I, the more I thought about this game, I, I think it's. it seems like chip theory is really on, like, the, like, play this game solo or, like, the cooperative element. And, like, that's not really what I would want to do with that game. You know, it's like I enjoyed the 1v1. I don't know if I would play sick. with four players or whatever, all against each other. But the one v one I thought was really, really good. Um, and yeah, again, I mean, you go back to that that push and that push and pull that we have with Devastation of Indines. Right. Um, you kind of have that here too, where we're like kind of going back and forth, and there's a there's a little bit of like you don't really know what I'm doing, and then even even like as much as it's a skirmish game, there's stuff on the board that you can kind of discover that. Right. And and I think I think that no. as far as depth in that game, it's like sure, like there's all the different races and like they all have so much different stuff there. But like just the gameplay itself, I think there's a lot to explore. Of like we were trying to figure out like why would we ever stack up all our guys at once to then bring them? Oh out? yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Why would we do that? Let's do this. And then it's like well, maybe there's a good reason for that. I kind of want to play and figure out why I would do. You know, it's like. I think there's enough there that it's like, yeah, it's like it, it would be fun to explore the different strategies. Like we said, there's 15 different things you can do. You're only going to do three or four. All right, so next time let's try something else. You know, I don't even need yeah. to use another race. I'll use the same race for 10 games and have a wildly different experience every single time. I think that's really, really cool. Even playing it three on three with Z-Man and Bus, we all like loved it. Like it was great. Like in, <laughs> in proper fashion, uh, Z-Man and Bus just attacked each other, so I just chose one of them to attack. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, that's Cloudspire. Also, like, it, I mean, it probably goes without saying for anybody listening to this podcast, dude, it's a fucking gorgeous game. Yeah, it really and is. And I, I absolutely was the asshole that paid the 50 bucks so that I have poker chip hearts. I think it's 25. Instead of, I think it's like 20 or 25 bucks for that. <laughs> the hearts instead of instead of cardboard hearts i've looked yeah uh, rico what's up 43 nothing oh man uh my 43 could not be any 
different. <laughs> More different. <laughs> than Crossfire? Holy shit, dude. Is it Love Letter? <laughs> it's freaking close. <laughs> Is it cool? Um, so I am 100% confident that I'm the only person anywhere on our list that has a game designed by Friedman Priest on their list. That's probably true. What? Oh, you got Power Grid? You, you power guys grid? know I love Power Grid. Come on, oh. get out of here. Oh. I stand corrected. Go ahead. All right, what do you got? I have Fabled Fruit. Oh, you do love Fabled Fruit. I remember this. So so there's this like trend to do um, legacy games right now. And I just, one of the three legacy games that I finished with my brother this year was Aeon's End Legacy, which is a Woo! very, very, very solid cooperative game in a completely unnecessary legacy package. I mean, it is one of the worst legacy things I've ever experienced because it's unnecessary. You're playing like eight different <laughs> games that like could just be standalone things. It's like, now just play against this guy. Now play against this like guy. Like the regular Aeon's End. They didn't do anything extra yeah, to make it yeah. add, legacy. Add a different... like, here's another Aeon's End. Yeah, yeah, or add a different, you know, add a different starting ability card into your hand or something like that. Like, it's, and so you have to read so much text, add so many stickers when the game just barely, barely changes. So Fabled Fruit has this mechanic where you're essentially doing this little race game where you have to collect five, um, you have to make five uh, fruit ingredient recipe thingies or whatever, and that triggers the end of the game. And you use these powers on all of these animal cards that are out there. And each animal card that you um, can collect um, and buy for its fabled fruit, because it's got like a recipe on the other side, it's limited. So there's only five of each of each animal type, and they all have a unique power. So you go, you'll go to the aardvark, and it gives you, you know, three uh, three bananas. Or if you go over to the lemur, it's going to let you take one from your opponent and one from the top of the draw pile. Whatever, just tons and tons of crazy powers. And each of those animals has a recipe. So the lemur might say, if you turn into three strawberries and two bananas, you get to make the fable fruit. So you might finish the lemur's um, recipe because that's the fruit that you have there. But the lemur might also be your favorite power in the game. But you have to do it because it's a race game. So you yeah. don't have the luxury of saying, well, I really like this power song, but I'm not going to do it because I want to keep its power around because both your opponent might take it and so then your whole decision is for not, you know, and two, you're racing against them. So you will lose the game if you do that. So you're then like cycling through these powers that you like. And once it's through, that animal is gone forever. That ability, that thing that you could do to win you the game is now gone. And so you have this giant deck of like a hundred different animals that you have to go through. And every game you put, I don't know, six or eight of them out there. And those are the powers that you can do for that game. And as soon as one is gone, you cycle through it, you add a new one out there. And so the game is like constantly evolving and changing, but it's not destroying anything. So it's not legacy. Um, it's like pseudo campaign-ish, whatever thing. And I think that like- He's, that, he's, that got, a name, he's got a name for it. Yeah, he does. It's it's called the fabled mechanic. Oh, okay. It's a yeah. fabled game. I don't, whatever. I, I didn't even yeah. want to say it, even though I knew it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, Dude, I, 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 I want to play this one with, with, with RC. Yeah, it's so good, man. It's it's just one of those ones that it's kind of like my city, right? It gets addicting where you're just like, that was an awesome 20 minutes. Let's do it again. Nice. And, you know, I played it. Uh, I, I, I Back when I played it um, with Amanda, it was this always like tit for tat 
you know, I would win a game, she would win a game, I would win a game, and it was nice. just That's always cool. back and forth. That's really yeah. cool. Uh, all right, so Alfie, go to you. I have not played Fabled Fruit, but I will do my number 42, which is also by Freedom and Freeze, which is Power Grid. What? <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Stand corrected and break right. there. Don't, like, don't even describe Power Grid, but why do you like it? Uh, I'm trying to think of my favorite thing of that game. I'll tell you my least favorite thing of the game, actually. It's, so, it's the one thing that Please. doesn't make this game way higher on this list, which is, I, th I think, maybe the, the important fact. Because uh, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy uh, all parts why, of it. Why is this higher than Scythe? <laughs> I think there's more depth than Scythe. There's more, like, hard decisions to make in this game than Scythe. Okay. The auction's fairly self-contained within this game of, like, there's a minimum bid on a power plant. And it's like, all right, this is the number 20 power plant. The minimum you can bid is 20 bucks, and everybody goes around. Um, I liked it when you pass. It's like you're out for that little round, but um, I think with that, you have this. The turn order flips based on the phase, right? The uh, auction phase, it's like whoever's in the lead. Then you go to buying resources phase, which is like a really crucial part. Flips around, whoever's in last goes first. Then you build, again, whoever's in last goes first. I enjoy that because then you you have, and I think this is the one part that is odd, is you have this little game within the game where you're like, I don't want to get too far out in the lead because then I buy resources last and I build last and I'm already been blocked in because there's that bit of area. It's not even area control, but like area blocking where it's like, I'm here, you're going to have to pay extra to go to the next spot over. Um, or whatever, and so you find this point where you're like, I'm not going to build an extra power plant, even though I know I could, because now I would be going last next turn. And so like, there's a bit of gaming within that system. Um, but I just enjoy. It. I think I think like, like I kind of mentioned, I think there's a lot of tough tough decisions every single turn that you have to make in that game, and I think that's really cool. Awesome, man. Um, <laughs> I love that it's right there, dude. That that were I that did that work is, out. Well. That is a moment. That worked out really well. Okay, so my uh, my forty two is the illustrious Feudum. You want to talk about challenging board games? Feudum is a beast to learn and teach. And and the first time we played it, sure, what it was like an hour and a half teach in a fucking four hour game. It was yeah. rough, but I I enjoyed it. I like I enjoyed what it did. I and I thought there was something there. And then we played it again in San Diego, and oh my god, that second time the fucking thing just sung. And the majority of those houses, I, well, actually, wait, no, all of us were there. Everybody, that was their second time playing it. And it just, like, made sense. It moved, and it flowed, and it was beautiful. And I just thought that, like, this game is so complex. It's so deep. It's got to be one of the most um, intricate it's, and it's, hardcore games I, I, I have. I think it's and the heaviest game that will probably be on any of our lists. Probably. It's like 4.59 um, or something like that on BGG. Um, I'm lucky enough that Bus has bought me expansions for it that like don't add really content as much as like beautiful miniatures for things you can do in the game. So like I have airships now that actually go on the board when you buy airships. Like the game itself is is arguably a little fiddly, but I, I think that in the end it's not too fiddly. It's it makes sense, it's just very very fucking complicated. I love that you said arguably. 
Are you? <laughs> Are you Right. Rico, what are you I, on Feudum? Oh, I've um, I've come up on it. Right. Because okay, so so my this is why it's here is because Rico, before we went to San Diego, had said I don't want to play it. If you guys want to play it, that's fine. We played yeah. it the first night, and at the end, he was like, "All right, that was cool." Oh, nice. I, and I, I had played it before. I had played it before. Yeah. 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 I played it in Connecticut. Um, and, you know, I my criticisms back then are the same after playing it this most recent time. Um, I just think that it's underdeveloped, right? Like, uh, or I don't know what the word is, right? That, no, like, that, that makes sense that, like, they could have streamlined some things or... Yeah, underdeveloped, right? Yeah, the yeah. Oh, okay. Aren't the development? The game development is taking all of the ideas that this guy had, which, like, which right now, like, if you so, well, all of those ideas that he had, and then making the best game out of them. Nobody helped him do that, right? And so, I still will live and die by that. But it ultimately doesn't make this game bad. Like, the game is excellent ideas together. I ultimately think that there's too many of them and that <laughs> it's a little underdeveloped is a little under like it could be streamlined a little bit more um, and I think you could get something exceptional out of this um, but damn it's beautiful fun to play um, it has some like wacky ideas that like you know you're doing you're doing these little mini games alongside the right. board but that then was interesting. at the same time you can engage in combat with the people and it's like the kind of stuff that you just wouldn't I, I, I love that he had these ideas. It is a game unlike anything I have, and I'm happy to own it. I believe I own all the expansions now, mm-hmm. thanks to Bus. Um, dude, I, I, I love this game. I, I, I honestly think every time I play this game, it'll probably rise up. Because I think that this game <laughs> needs multiple plays. Right. 42. 42... All right, my 42 is my first co-op on my list. Legendary. Uh, no, keep going. Dead of Winter. Oh, that's a good guess. That didn't make my list. Okay. Burgle Bros. Cool. It's not What's Burgle it? Bros. That'll be higher. <laughs> I didn't say that. Spectrops. Oh, man. That's I wanted not... Spectrops to be here. Is that a co-op? Um. I guess if you're on the other side. Yeah, but uh, that's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, what is it? This is a Kane Clanko uh, masterpiece. This is uh, Flatline. Ooh. The one nice. I haven't played. I'm a really, really big fan of of this particular Kane Clanko. I I had a Kane Clanko hard on for a real long time. Yeah. I still do. I, I Actually, I, so Rico, before you get into this, one of my favorite things you've ever said was uh, at Gen Con, that yeah. fucking pandemic King Clanko game. Yeah. You said, you know, he just had another game in the Fuse system, and Z Man was like, hey, can you make this a pandemic game? Yeah. I, I've actually changed my tune since then. I think actually they just bought it and didn't tell him that they were putting a pandemic theme. <laughs> Uh, board game humor at its best. <laughs> All right, flatline. Why do you like it? We don't need to get into the mechanisms. Um, I really enjoy like real time games, um, games with timers, um, and this one has like 
I think low setup and yeah. low and a low rule set. And um, it also has like a low error rate. If that makes if that makes any sense, a lot of these like oh yeah, yeah. it's easy in real time to make mistakes. So yeah. easy to mess them up. And somehow in flatline, I I just don't feel like you make a lot of mistakes. I think is it, don't you have to like I've only played it a couple times. Don't you have to put the dice on the things so like yeah. you can tell when you're making a mistake if you're making a mistake. Right, right. You roll your dice and then you commit them out there on the board. Um, and if you want to re-roll, you have to spend a die to go over to a spot so that you can re-roll. And yeah. so people aren't like rolling recklessly and forgetting how many times they re-rolled or re-rolling, you know, a number of dice that they should not re-roll. Like those normal errors that happen, you know, something like escape the cursed temple or, you know, whatever, you, it just doesn't happen there. And so like, it's crazy that like so much furious action can happen. And you, I, I just feel like I don't ever screw it up, which is cool when you're playing a co-op game, you know, when it comes down to the wire, right? Like those are the best co-op games oh, that are designed yeah. in such a way where, you know, it's it's one iota above or below. And when it's one iota, you know, and you make it, and you feel like you didn't fuck up a rule that was in your benefit, it just is like that satisfaction to like, I did this. Um, so is, I can teach it super fast. That is a good fast. feeling, I love that. It's super fast, it doesn't take that long. Um, yeah, it's and damn great. It, I, I guess without spoiling, is this your favorite of all those kind of real time, like, <laughs> King Clanko games? <laughs> I, I know what you're getting at. <laughs> We, what's funny about that. that joke is, is our listeners aren't going to hear it for like two months because these episodes are going to take us forever to, to record. Right. Well, no, ideally, Alfie will send me this one. I can edit it, put it up while we're doing the other ones. Yeah. Um, I think that it is my favorite. Remember, I, I, I got quite a bit of free time now. <laughs> you you had a one of your criteria was like, is this just a um, oh, man, I can't wait to talk about Rail Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Is right, Rail Pass going to be on your list? I had work friends here one time, and one of the work friends got up in the middle of Rail Pass and said, I can't play this game anymore, and walked away. <laughs> I, was that not me? <laughs> no, it wasn't you. It's just like, oh, man. All right, Rico, let's go for you for 41. Let's finish out this uh, this episode strong. Cool. Um, so I, I, of any of the games that I have on this list, this is probably the purest, most unadulterated fun, which is Camel Up. And oh, I don't care how old you are, five or 85, you are going to have a blast playing this game. And you're going to end up yelling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It is so great. Absolutely. Dude, so great. I, uh, um, I love that, like... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, like, we bought this for my in-laws, my mother and father-in-law, uh, for Christmas last year, the year before last year, and it's like a game to have for, like, the family and stuff, and we played it, like, that night, and people were getting into it, the kids were loving it, everyone's, like, you know, dropping that, um, the pyramid or where they're picking the up, yeah, dropping the dice. dice, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's so oh, much yeah, fun, it's quick, it's like, we're playing from, like, kids that were, like, nine years old up to, like, um... You know, older people. I'm not gonna say ages. Uh, <laughs> not, <but laughs> yeah, so it's just like it's just so much fun. But I heard uh, Ben. So you tell me that Z made something interesting with this game. 
Yeah, every time he plays, he does side bets. Whether it's with Rico, whether it's with <laughs> with with my son or C. And like, it goes between money within the game and then real money. Like, I think he lost two dollars to two dollars to RC the last time he played. That is so funny. That's incredible. But it does without fail. Everyone at the end is like, "Come on, come on, fucking white die, fuck, 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 fuck. dude." Uh, and then the white die hits. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it's not a it's not an unfulfilled. And, you and know, it carries thing. the purple camel like five steps back now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, this is my 66, which I think might be too low now after talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alfie, what's your 41? My 41 is one of my favorite little, like, filler games, Not Alone. Nice. This is, this game is sick. I haven't played this in a while. Yeah, it's a little one versus many. It's basically just a deck of cards. You have, um, the one is the hunter, right? You're on this island, and the hunter or alien or whatever is, like, looking for you, and they you have like numbers one through five you can go to in each location you can like do something special with like buying a card six through ten or getting all your cards back because you can only go to each place once before you get your cards back and so the the hunter the alien is trying to like guess where you're going to be so they can catch you and like take some of your life um some of your hit points um but it's just yeah it's just it's quick it's fun it's all like table talk has to be like open so you can't like show your teammates like, mm. oh hey, I'm gonna go to two, you go to four, you know, or anything like that. And so you can end up like both trying to go to the same place or whatever. And then if the alien catches you both there, like it's just bad news. And um, I just think it's a quick, like, fun game that always creates some like tense, uh, tense moments in it. Nice, man. I, I, I love this to play too. Eight, uh, maybe? at least five. Oh shit, okay. seven. It's a lot. <laughs> I can play defensive. a lot. Okay, okay. That's cool. And there's like three expansions out for it now. Yeah, I think um, Strong right, is like promoting four. another one right now on BGG. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I have two of them, but I've, I've actually never played with the expansions. They, they give you different locations, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, my 41 is CGE Masterpiece Last Will. Last yeah, Will. boy. Yeah, nice. Last Will is that reverse <laughs> Euro. Uh... Yeah, it's another Drop the Dice classic, right? This is one of the early ones that we played. Yeah. Kind of, we've always been Cult of the New, but definitely this was back when the time where, oh, let's play Last Will again, you know, where we would play games more than once, and then me and Rico would buy six games the next week and then play those. You know, this we only had a couple games at this point. Um, really enjoy this one. It's about losing your money. I actually think the expansion adds quite a bit to it. It, uh, it does some cool stuff with initiative that I had never really seen before. Just had a blast playing this, and uh, it's one of the, it had a lot of good memories. Um, yeah, when when it when I found it at forty one, I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Like that, it, it, I think it fits around there. It, uh, I think I need to play this one again, but I, I feel like it's in a pretty solid spot for me. Yeah, I I yeah. really like Last Will, and it's constantly on that list of like when I see it for a deal. You know, if I see someone um, selling it like locally, kind of like. Should I yeah. pick that up for twenty five bucks? You know, and it's like always right oh, there. Like maybe, yeah. maybe I should. Oh. Yeah, I don't know how this would play it too, though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but we'll see. It's one of those rare games where, like, the expansion is really good, but the base is really good too. Yeah, you don't. And need so I remember both when we were playing. It would be let's play with the expansion. Let's play without it. 
Yeah. And I'm kind of flopping. I, I, I don't have too many games where I want to drop it in and out. No, that's really cool. That's yeah, really cool right. that you have that option there. Um, all right. That was our that was the start. That was our 50 to 41. Great job, guys. Uh, we will be back next week with our 40 through 31 and keep going through these. Um, I don't know if we're ever going to have anything as exciting as Alfie putting Scythe in his <laughs> top 50 so, so low. Um, but we'll see. All right, Bus, why don't you play us out of here? Thanks. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Drop the Dice. We'll see you next week.